Next up is Uri Bednar. He's going to talk about, I guess, why digital cash and the cypherpunk movement will bring us more freedom. Cheers, man. Yeah. Thank you. Um, thank you. <laughs> I'm, uh, I'm really excited to be here. Uh, I, um, I feel that the Monero events are uh, very much closer to the original cypherpunk ethos of the first uh, Bitcoin conferences. So um, there's uh, uh, not many people who are wearing suits and uh, talk about VC money and stuff. It's all about the uh, freedom and uh, privacy and all these values that uh, that we all um, uh, share. Uh, so my talk is about um, uh, trying to answer this question. Okay, so we have this software, we have encryption, anonymity software, zero knowledge proofs, digital money. How does this actually improve our freedom in real life? Um, so, uh, of course, I'm a geek. I like to play with uh, all the software. I was one of the first users of PGP when it came out. Uh, and it was exciting just to see, okay, this works. Um, but um, uh, the question is usually, okay, so, so how can I apply this to my life to increase my, my liberty? Um, and it turns out that uh, the question is actually the... Um, other way around. So the first cypherpunks were trying to increase their liberty and they were looking for technologies to do that and describe them. Um, so um, how to go about it? So first uh, we need to know what we are optimizing. So uh, what is freedom? What is liberty? Um, libertarians uh, would like to refer to something that is called a non-aggression principle, uh, which means some kind of absence of coercive force, uh, um, allowing individuals to live their lives freely and do whatever they want uh, without interference. Um, this definition is nice, uh, but uh, the bad uh, keyword here is they. They want to coerce you and you don't like it. Um, so philosophically, it's okay. Practically, uh, it is not wise to rely on some abstract them if you are talking about your own liberty. You don't want to, uh, you know, wait until they change, until they stop uh, applying this force um, to you. So um, all these libertarian talks, uh, uh, anarcho-capitalism, uh, you know, uh, reform effort, talking on the forums, Twitter pissing contests, protests, manifestos, they're nice, okay, have fun, <laughs> but they're not increasing your freedom today. So um, you are not looking uh, to win an argument, you are looking for ways to increase your liberty, uh, so you are looking for something to do. Uh, so we need to look at um, some some other ways how to optimize this. We need some some KPI. Uh, so let's try to understand the game. So um, uh, current society, especially the the part of the day, is uh, uh, based on uh, uh, dominance hierarchies. Um, these uh, hierarchies um, are are the game. You know, you are either up or down. You are trying to step up or you're uh, trying to not stand out. Um, we need to understand uh, this game, but this is actually the wrong way to look at it, because most people would try to figure out, okay, so what, 
what is uh, the person on top of the hierarchy doing? You know, are, do they want to kill me? Do they want to, you know, surveil me, uh, force tax me? Do they want to whatever? Um, so if it relies on understanding some grand plan of some abstract people that we don't even know about, uh, that's a wrong point of reference because you will almost uh, certainly get it wrong. Uh, and even if we can figure out their intentions, uh, they might not succeed in their goals. So if uh, if someone writes a book called The Great Reset and they uh, unveil their great master plan for, uh, for society, <laughs> um, they might not succeed. Um, so if you want to increase your liberty today, you need to look at it from uh, the point of view of this guy. And basically, uh, being in this kind of uh, hierarchy means uh, that uh, the nodes, up uh, uh, top, top nodes, they want to, um, uh, you know, uh, show you your place. Uh, they want to, uh, you to ask their permission, uh, uh, and they, they want. They are applying this coercive force. Um, so, uh, how do you play this game if you are not the top node, <laughs> which is what we all are? Maybe there are no uh, top nodes. Uh, so, you can either be something that is called the beta. So, the aim of the beta uh, in this game is uh, they don't want to stand out. They, uh, uh, they are not aspiring um, in moving up this hierarchy. Um, so basically, they do about whatever they do. Uh, they go to office every day, like this guy on the picture. Uh, they have a mortgage. They, you know, have a, a politically correct opinions, and they they don't want to be seen. So the, this force is not applied to them. Uh, I don't recommend uh, playing uh, this game in this role. <laughs> Another one is this guy, uh, it's the alpha. Uh, the goal of the alpha is to move up in the hierarchy, um, which uh, uh, is, I don't think, uh, a good strategy either, uh, because uh, first of all, uh, maybe you think you are moving up, but uh, it, it is very uh, easy to get kicked out of the game and uh, the uh, hierarchy itself, it's unknowable. We, we maybe feel who is, you know, um, above us in the, in the hierarchy, uh, but we might get it wrong uh, because it's a complex system. The drawing is very nice, but uh, in reality, um, complex systems are very hard to predict. So uh, another thing is that going up will uh, not actually make you happy. It's, uh, it's, uh, rewards the, uh, the uh, more primate uh, parts of our brain. So it's, uh, it doesn't work anymore like snort, snorting a line of coke would actually make you the king of the world. <laughs> uh, it would definitely make you think you're one, <laughs> but that's not what happens in reality. Um, before we go to, to, the, to the third uh, strategy, which is actually the good one, there's this one trap uh, that is called uh, we can make the game better trap. <laughs> and um, the, the hierarchies are basically watered down. Uh, there's no, you know, um, someone with a whip uh, telling you what to do every day. There is no like 
Usually there are no bosses yelling at you. Uh, you, you are given an office with beanbags and mango kombucha in the fridge and, uh, you know, <laughs> it's all chilled. Um, and um, uh, this means that it is easy for us um, uh, to go, uh, to fall for this trap, uh, which is, okay, it's not so bad and maybe we can work on making it a little bit better. You know, maybe we need, uh, we need uh, whatever, a ping pong table <laughs> in the office and maybe if we vote correctly, then, uh, then something will, will change. Um, if we are uh, making it a little bit better, we are not winning the game. <laughs> so let's ask about how to win the game and it will tie back to the technologies pretty soon. So in my opinion, winning the game is leaving the game, uh, which brings much more fulfillment and that's where the technologies can help us. Uh, so when you move from this uh, hierarchical uh, to this, uh, uh, which I called, I, I got it from Paul Rosenberg, he calls it note first approach. Uh, you are actually creating something uh, much nicer. Uh, you have these nodes that are interacting. These nodes are different. And uh, these uh, interactions are um, uh, much more colorful, let's say, and uh, um, uh, much more fulfilling, I think. So um, by leading the game, you avoid uh, uh, trying to place yourself or, or find your place in the in the hierarchy. Uh, uh, so uh, what do you need to do? Uh, and that's where the technologies help us. Um, first of all, you need to become uh, something that we call gamma. So you're not alpha, you don't, you're not trying to dominate others, uh, but you are not also not submissive. You are not uh, trying to, um, uh, to just, uh, you know, do what other people tell you to do. Um, it's a good idea to drop off the radar of the hierarchy. So, for example, uh, in, the, in, in the hierarchy, uh, someone can tell you if you can get a mortgage or bank account. Uh, uh, if you want to drop off the, the, uh, this part of the hierarchy, you basically need to opt out from the banking system, for example. Um, it's a good idea uh, to not try to uh, threaten the hierarchy itself. Uh, so becoming a little bit invisible, uh, you know, doing your own thing and just making sure uh, you're not participating in this type of uh, uh, dominance-based uh, uh, interactions uh, is a better idea. And then once you once you successfully step out. Another thing is that you need to create, nurture and grow meaningful uh, relationships with these other nodes. And that's something that we are, uh, I think, not doing enough. Uh, and we, uh, we should work on this part because we set up our, uh, you know, <laughs> Uh, software stack and everything, but then we don't uh, use it really. Um, so um, in the first part, I, I defined uh, freedom or liberty negatively. So something uh, that other people should not do to us. Uh, but I think it's a good idea to look uh, at a positive definition from the individual viewpoint. So I'm not talking about, you know, universal rights for healthcare or something. Uh, but uh, when you step out, uh, you kind of lose uh, this, this feedback. 
you don't know your place, you don't know where, where you stand in the hierarchy. Um, so uh, you need uh, to discover yourself, you need to find out what you are going to actually do uh, when you are really free and you are really out. Uh, so this is uh, something I call freedom to, so freedom to do something, not freedom from coercion, but freedom to whatever is your thing that you want to do. Um, uh, you need to replace the place in the hierarchy with uh, some other kind of feedback mechanism. I think a really good one is called profit, <laughs> which is why the, uh, why the current uh, establishment uh, doesn't like these words, because it provides you a feedback that is different than uh, the place they show you uh, in, the, in the hierarchy. Um, so, uh, what is interesting is that when you look at this, uh, this node network, um, it has much more possibilities. You're not only a place in some kind of tree, of course there are more uh, hierarchies than one, but um, uh, with these connections you can have uh, different connections with different people. Uh, so, you have a lot of possibilities and this is scary because uh, you really need to discover yourself. This is, it's not something that someone will tell you, okay, ah, you are a software developer, okay, so you need to wake up, uh, come at 9 a.m. to the office, and then we'll deduct your taxis, and uh, 5 p.m. you can go home, and blah, blah, blah. But you need to figure out how to do this, okay, who is going to pay for my work, uh, when I want to work, actually, and so on. So these possibilities are different, but, uh, or, or um, expanded, but this is scary for many people if they actually do it. Um, one of the other forms of uh, freedom that I, that I like, uh, and it is also a category freedom to, is optionality. Uh, so that's something that you can, but you don't have to do. Okay, so as I said, in the process of leaving uh, the game, uh, you are actually discovering yourself um, uh, and creating yourself. So you're uh, building yourself with intention and you are discovering yourself by, by facing the fears and seeing what you actually can do, what your capabilities are and so on. Um, I really like this quote, uh, uh, don't aim to be the best, uh, be the only. <laughs> so uh, it's, it's a quote by Kevin Kelly and uh, um, being best uh, usually means, uh, you know, the, the part in the hierarchy, I'm the best cryptographer, I'm the best software developer, so that means that others are worse. Uh, if you are the only, uh, you realize, okay, uh, there's only one person in this world that can do what I can do because I have unique capabilities. Uh, for example, I just uh, wrote uh, some books and I'm 100% sure that I'm the only person in this world that could write uh, this book. There's no one else. So <laughs> if I don't do it, it won't happen. Um, so I'm not saying I'm the best writer, I'm saying that I'm, I'm the best person to create what I actually created. So how does this tie to crypto-anarchy? Um, so crypto-anarchy is basically a strategy to prevent conflicts, um, not only with the state, but the, but the focus is the state because it's the most coercive force. Um, by using these modern technologies like uh, cryptography, anonymization, electronic cash, um, uh, um, and so on, many other technologies. Um, most freedom theory is based uh, on, uh, on the goal of winning conflicts. So um, uh, 
either you do a revolution or you do um, uh, or you uh, kind of lobby the government to change the laws and so on um, or or you are a successful uh, agorist and you kind of um, figure out how to uh, how to uh, go around the state and uh, defund it basically um, uh, so uh, an example of this would be, for example, the, the drug legalization movement. It's an effort to convince the government uh, uh, to do something and actually win this conflict. Um, crypto anarchy is a strategy that you can use today, and it is based on a very different premise. And that's why uh, I don't like comparing a freedom philosophy to crypto anarchy because crypto anarchy is a strategy to implement it. Uh, so let's uh, look at uh, military uh, terminology. Uh, in, uh, uh, in military strategy, there is uh, something called an OODA loop. Uh, OODA loop means that if two parties are in conflict, uh, they both, both sides uh, do this loop. They observe what is happening, then they orient themselves, so they try to figure out what is the meaning. Okay, so for example, I see uh, a Russian tank. <laughs> Uh, in the in the next street, oh, that's the observation. Um, then I orient myself. I see, okay, it's coming my way, <laughs> and uh, you know it's a Russian tank, so it's probably hostile to me. Uh, then I need to decide what to do, um, and when I decide, I need to do it. So both sides are constantly, if they are in the conflict, they are in the in this loop. Um, if you get out of this loop. Uh, it doesn't continue. So the, the fastest way to end the conflict is to end it in the first step. It's not observable what you're doing and the conflict doesn't even begin. So that's the aim of uh, crypto-anarchy. Uh, to understand how it works, we need to understand that only human bodies can be put into jail. So if you are an anonymous identity and uh, it's not possible to observe the uh, relationship between your identity and your physical body, or it's not possible to orient, to understand uh, uh, the, the relationship, um, then it is very hard to put someone uh, in jail. Uh, of course, there are exceptions, uh, as we have heard uh, during this conference, but uh, this is the idea. So um, the strategy of using these technologies is, first of all, to drop out of the radar um, break this connection uh, between your physical body and what you are doing so that it is not observable. If for some reason it is observable, it should be very difficult uh, for the counterparty to actually understand what happened. So I'll give you a concrete example. Uh, uh, you, want to, uh, you want to buy uh, drugs, uh, let's say whatever, Molly. <laughs> um, in uh, uh, in uh, eastern part of Europe, there is uh, there is a strategy for this that is based on these crypto anarchist ideas, uh, which is called drop gangs. So basically, um, you order usually through some Telegram bot uh, what you want in which area of the city you are. Uh, you pay some way, uh, either cash to some some person or or even crypto. And um, then you will get a description of where you can get your package. So it might be 
uh, you know, third uh, bench from the left in the park, uh, uh, and it's uh, taped uh, under the bench. So what happens is um, that uh, it is not possible uh, to uh, intercept uh, this deal uh, because it has already happened. The drugs are already there uh, when the buyer receives the information uh, about their location. So uh, if this was a, a sting operation, if they, if they tried, to, um, uh, uh, tried to catch the drug dealer, uh, there is no interaction with the person, with the physical body of the person, because uh, uh, the package is already taped there. So uh, breaking the observe part, uh, maybe if uh, they can observe part of the transaction, for example, because everyone is using the stupid telegram, which is not encrypted and so on, um, then uh, it is very difficult to see uh, what happened and understand it and use it as evidence. Um, other ways to, uh, for example, um, deal with this problem is uh, decriminalization, which other liberty movements do. They try to change the rule um, uh, which the counterparty in the conflict uses to decide what to do with you when they catch you. Uh, but I think it is better to prevent uh, this actually happening. Uh, so this is basically the theory of, uh, of crypto-anarchy. And all these technologies uh, that were uh, mentioned and envisioned in the Crypto Anarchist Manifesto are implementations of this strategy uh, to make sure that uh, your actions are not tied to your physical body that can be put uh, into jail. In order to do this successfully, we need to understand um, the observer thing. How, what is the capability of the observer? Um, it's a very interesting uh, historical book about how um, how states pushed for like unique names and surenames and databases of date of birth, addresses, and so on. The book is called Seeing Like a State. Um, and I like to adapt to this mindset. So um, um, you need to understand what the state sees in relation uh, to your actions. So not everything you don't need to understand all the surveillance, you just need to know uh, the parts that affect you. Um, so it's good to understand how reporting works, for example, uh, why state needs addresses, land registries, uh, ID documents, when you actually have to pre present them, when you can legally use a pseudonym, it's a good idea to, uh, to use it, uh, and so on. Um, so uh, historically, uh, Nomads were uh, people who were mostly free from taxation, at least. Of course, there were uh, other things that were not so good for nomads, but um, because they were not tied to land, it was very difficult to actually put them in the database and see who they are and what should they uh, pay, their, pay their taxes on. So, um, uh, so becoming a nomad, for example, as Pavel was uh, saying yesterday uh, with his global opportunistic framework um, is a good idea. Uh, and I will explain how the state sees nomads uh, in a while. But uh, just to tell you that uh, with many of your actions, uh, you can actually travel or nomad, but not necessarily into a different country. You can 
uh, nomads to something that we call cyphersphere. So uh, encrypted communication, anonymization technologies, anonymous di digital money like Monero. All right, so how does the state uh, see these nomads? Um, so basically, you want to be seen as an unproductive backpacker that is having the time of their life, uh, spending uh, either their parents' money if you are young enough, <laughs> so living off the parents' credit card, uh, or, or, or you take on some loans. Uh, but definitely, you should not have any income. Uh, you don't own any real estate. You are basically a person that is moving around the world, uh, not, uh, not making anything, and uh, basically um, uh, a poor person. It's uh, good if you are even homeless. <laughs> uh, that doesn't mean that you can't sleep in a, in a hotel or in a rented apartment. But from the point of view of the state, you are basically uh, one of those, uh, you know, poor backpacker that is uh, walking around the world and uh, and exploring. Um, you can actually own property, uh, but it's good if this property is not in what I call the fiat world, uh, which doesn't mean only bank account balances, but as I said, stock uh, in a government that is accessible to the state, uh, real estate, and so on. Uh, so this way, uh, you are building a business case uh, for your counterparty, which is the tax office. Uh, and this counterparty needs to understand that uh, it will be a lot of effort for them uh, to actually do anything about you, audit you, anything. And when they put in the, the effort, uh, their payoff is zero. So basically, the, uh, the, uh, the, the counterparty needs to see, okay, this is a homeless backpacker that doesn't own anything, doesn't have any income. I can try to prove some income, but I will waste a lot of energy and I will not get any money. If this is the case uh, for, uh, for the tax office, um, then, uh, then you are applying this strategy correctly. Um, you need to understand things that they see, actually. Uh, so, for example, when you cross borders, of course, they scan your passport, they know in which country you are. There are exceptions, for example, in European Union, uh, you can move, move around and that has some, uh, some uh, good implications for us. Um, but there are license plate scanners, there's face recognition for drivers of cars, uh, and so on. So just be aware of uh, what the other party sees and try to build, uh, I prefer the uh, homeless backpacker. Okay, now you kind of became this person that is not interesting for any state adversary. Uh, again, I'm not saying you should win a conflict. I'm saying you should put yourself in a position when any conflict is basically a waste of time of your counterparty. Um, so if you do this, the other question is, okay, now what do I do? Uh, I'm, I'm free, I can you know, <laughs> roam around the world with my backpack uh, and my family preferably. Um, uh, so what, what do you do? Uh, the positive part of, uh, of what to do is uh, you are creating these node-first relationships. Um, uh, you do not need to go large. Uh, I owned uh, several companies in, in the peak. I employed uh, around 100 people. 
Uh, and I realized that when I switched, I, I, I sold the companies, I switched to this node first approach. So I still cooperate with people, but I'm not employing anyone. I'm not anyone's boss. Uh, uh, I just uh, uh, cooperate with people with their uh, unique abilities. Uh, what I realized is that uh, my income is almost the same but with much lower risk. You know, I'm not responsible for feeding uh, 100 families. <laughs> I'm responsible for myself, uh, and the downside is much lower. So uh, many people want to, you know, the first question is, uh, if, you, if you have a company, if you have a startup, many people would ask you, how many people do you employ? <laughs> and uh, I think the best answer is zero, <laughs> at least for me. So uh, be too small to fail. Um, and then uh, you, uh, you show up, you bring value, you interact with people, uh, you communicate, uh, and uh, please note, uh, because there, there are these communication, you know, freedom of expression, uh, rights in most countries, uh, uh, and I like to emphasize that financial communication is also communication. We're basically uh, sending uh, digitally signed thank you messages. Uh, which brings me to another point. Um, uh, my friend uh, Juraj Karpisch, who is an uh, economist of the only true uh, economic school, which is Austrian economy, uh, uh, says that uh, one of the functions of money is uh, it's a memory of good deeds of society. So it's like a database. I help someone and I get an entry in the, in the database. Um, I like this. This is a good way to explain uh, why it is a good idea to own some crypto, be it Bitcoin or Monero or whatever you want. Uh, it is basically creating an entry in a backup database. Should anything happen to the uh, to the old fiat database, like uh, you know, inflation, confiscation, excessive taxation, and all these things. Um, you have an entry that you helped someone also in the backup database. So I think everyone should own at least some crypto. Um, another um, thing that I like to say is what I said uh, um, uh, uh, um, a while ago, uh, a moment ago, is that uh, 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 money is also a form of thank you card, of gratitude. So the, uh, the project Gratuitas allows you to send Monero as a thank you note directly to the, to the farmer. Uh, so when you pay for something, you are basically giving the money and saying, thank you for solving my problem. That's what it is. And many people would say, okay, I'm, you know, I'm hodling my Bitcoin. I'm, you know, I'm never paying with it. I'm uh, using Bitcoin because Monero people don't do this, <laughs> uh, which, is, which is great. Um, and they would try to use the pretense of Gresham's law to try to unload their shit coins, their fiat to other person. And I think it is uh, completely uh, backwards because if we are, um, if I know, for example, that Pavel would appreciate receiving uh, Monero as a thank you note from me, <laughs> then I should not dump my shit coins on him. You know, I know. This is his value. He prefers Monero. And I want to say, thank you. You solved my problem. Here's Monero. Here's the money that you prefer. This is how you show appreciation. So I say, fuck Gresham's law. And you know, uh, if you have too much fiat uh, in your wallet, go and buy some, some uh, nice entry in the memory of good deeds of society 
um, which is a parallel database, uh, and don't bother other people with your shitcoin problems. So uh, it's basically, you know, paying with fiat is like barter, you know, you, you, need, you need to get rid of the shitcoin, but you're waiting until you need to make some purchase uh, while you can always, you know, buy uh, Monero or Bitcoin or whatever uh, is your favorite coin uh, in the first place. So this is how I like to show up and I, how I like to say thank you to people. Uh, another thing that uh, I don't uh, uh, like to do is uh, uh, something that here uh, Peter Levels uh, explained uh, and i'm uh, i i love this guy by the way he's a great builder he builds uh, uh, projects he wrote a book about how he launches uh, hugely successful projects several times a year uh, mostly by himself uh, but this is something i disagree with um, basically he said that the easiest hack to save money is to start your company and put everything into expenses which lowers your tax burden because you can deduct uh, the expenses, uh, which like it works, you can do it, uh, but uh, it's like uh, paying with fiat. Uh, so the problem with this approach is your expense is someone else's official income, which usually means official taxable income. Uh, so if you pay cash or crypto, you don't ask for a receipt, uh, you can quite often negotiate 20 to 50% discount because that's what the, what the tax cost is. Um, and uh, if you uh, actually talk to people and you tell them that you want to um, uh, participate in this uh, parallel economy, uh, what I like to use uh, is uh, uh, when they ask me how I want to pay in a cafeteria or somewhere, a restaurant, uh, I say, I would like to pay with cash. Uh, and uh, please save the trees, don't print me the receipt. <laughs> um, so I don't tell them, you know, go off the books. I just say, I don't want the receipt. You do whatever you want. Um, and uh, it saves people money, and you don't have to force them into this uh, compliant uh, reporting. So if you pay with credit card, there is no way um, for them to avoid going through the official means. Uh, but it still can save money if you, if you uh, are in a parallel economy. Um, so I think the, the better approach is uh, uh, to solve your tax issues uh, systematically, so not per expense, uh, but if you have a tax problem, uh, then uh, uh, there's a service that many providers provide, which is called solving your tax problems. Usually they are called tax consultants or offshore consultants or whatever. Um, of course, uh, many people also participate in parallel economy. So, uh, you know, don't break any laws, don't go to jail, uh, but uh, if you prefer these kind of interactions, uh, then uh, you will be rewarded uh, by at least a good feeling. So, in summary, um, uh, the game, what we are trying to do is not about persuading some random merchant uh, that you want to pay with Monero. That doesn't help your freedom that much. It's a good thing to do. I'm not saying you should not do it. Um, uh, also, I think the game is not about configuring your ultra paranoid graphene with Tor and, uh, you know, command line Monero, multi-seek, super private setup. Um, I think uh, this is uh, going at it the wrong way. You should start with your goal. Okay, this is what I want to do with my life. 
uh, this is the freedom I need, this is how I want to approach it, and then you look at the technological tools and see, okay, um, I don't want the state to see this, 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 because privacy, why, why should I show uh, and reveal myself to the state? Uh, but uh, I am using these tools with a specific purpose. I, I'm, uh, I have a goal and I'm uh, uh, going at it with a goal. So if there's something, you know, some people are afraid of uh, whatever, uh, showing uh, metadata or, you know, they don't want to be in a database scene that they called an Uber. Okay, is it a problem if the state knows you called an Uber? If not, then call an Uber. Uh, don't bother with Tor and Anonymous uh, prepaid cards and SIM cards and stuff, but maybe something else is a problem, like, like a payment maybe or something like that. Um, so the game is really about stepping out of these dominance hierarchies and the more of us that do it, uh, the mo more nodes are available and uh, the richer the interactions become and uh, that of course increases the value for all of us. Um, so the way to do it, summarize, uh, disappear uh, from the radar. Uh, doesn't matter if fully or partially or however you want. Uh, one strategy is to use cash and crypto, avoid uh, uh, systems of control, you know, do not broadcast your location and so on. Uh, then uh, understand them, but just enough to be able uh, to step out of the game. You know, you don't need to follow all the politicians, I am Paraguayan uh, resident, for example. I have no idea what are the political parties in Paraguay. It doesn't concern me because when uh, there is some problem for me, that something changes, then I will just move somewhere else. So I understand it only enough to be able to live my life and I don't concern myself with other stuff. Um, then uh, you can create uh, and should, uh, because it's very fulfilling, uh, create uh, value and meaningful business and personal relationships. Um, in the cypher sphere, uh, interact with people. Uh, I know it is easier to go to an exchange, uh, you know, uh, do a wire transfer and buy Monero, uh, than to, you know, uh, look in your social network and see if someone is selling and then meet with them and exchange it for cash. Yes, it's a lot more work, but also you are building this relationship and you have, let's say, 20 people uh, that you regularly interact, you know, you talk, uh, uh, you maybe learn that they have some unique, um, uh, unique uh, capability that you need and you interact and you build these nodes. Um, so I don't uh, like if it's your thing, of course, but uh, I don't recommend wasting time with political discussions, persuading politicians about regulation and, uh, and uh, uh, these things. And I do not recommend to be overly paranoid about everything. You know, there are some things that, um, uh, that are okay to share um, and uh, you need to understand what the, what the state sees basically and uh, uh, how it relates to your goals. Um, so uh, some resources. Um, I have an article on my blog, which you uh, which you can uh, sorry there, uh, which you can find find easily. It's called Searching for Gamma, and it's uh, it's uh, basically a how to on how to uh, step out of these uh, hierarchies and become gamma. So it's it's a 
um, it's, um, I would say, a personality trait. Uh, so when you actually meet these gamma people, uh, very different, and uh, if you're not used to it, uh, it's quite weird, uh, but I recommend seeking them out and becoming friends with them. They're uh, pretty nice. Um, I also wrote a manifesto about uh, freedom as optionality. You can also find it easily. And I published uh, two books recently. One is a short ebook, uh, which is called uh, Cypherpunk uh, Vision and Trends, uh, 2023 to 2025. So it uh, explains uh, many technologies that uh, can be used, uh, used for these purposes. It's a more like a fun read uh, uh, about open source AI and uh, innovations in crypto technologies and whatever uh, progressive web apps and so on. And I also wrote this book, uh, which is uh, which I brought two copies with me. You know? um, uh, uh, it's called Cryptocurrencies Hack Your Way to a Better Life. There's also an ebook. Um, and uh, you can have a look if you want. Uh, I, I will have it <laughs> unless, unless um, I uh, pass it to people. And um, uh, I have been running on crypto and using these technologies uh, for at, uh, at least a decade. <laughs> and we have built uh, even businesses that are running fully on crypto. So many people think it's impossible because of the volatility. Um, but Parallelny Police in Prague, Parallelna Police in Bratislava, and some other of our businesses have been using crypto as an asset in the company. So not accepting crypto, but really running on a crazily volatile <laughs> cryptocurrency or cryptocurrencies, and uh, we found a way how to do it. So I try to teach people that they can actually do it, and uh, especially Monero is very useful in business-to-business -business relationships. Um, yesterday, Pavel uh, was talking, um, uh, answering the question about Panama Papers, that uh, it has become more difficult to do offshore business, but not because you cannot create an offshore company, but because it is nearly impossible to get a bank account for the offshore company. But if you have a structure with uh, companies in different jurisdictions and you don't need a bank account when they can pay each other in Monero, then you don't have problem and basically Panama Papers didn't happen. So very useful uh, also for tax purposes, but that's for another, uh, another topic. So I'll, uh, I'll finish here and uh, I would, uh, if we have time for questions, then I'm happy to answer questions. Thank you. love coffee and Monero as much as we do? Consider making gratuitous.org your daily cup. Pay with Monero for premium fresh beans, and if you like what you taste, send a digital cash tip directly to the Guatemalan farmers that made it possible. Proceeds help us grow this channel, gratuitous, and Monero. Um, my question, um, when you're speak about like making the incentive for the state to expend too much energy to go after you would you advocate or suggest anything like like deliberately doing things that would cause them to use their resources serving subpoenas or freedom of information requests that'll just make them do some work and you know, 
Uh, I know it's fun. <laughs> uh, you can use um, uh, AI to uh, generate these letters and interact with them to waste the, their energy. But my strategy is, you know, the observer-orient part. I don't even want to interact with them. Uh, so, uh, so uh, the strategy is basically uh, be multi-layered. So, for example. Um, you can have a tax residency in a, uh, in a country that uh, doesn't tax income. Uh, so that's the first step. But then they can, um, uh, another country can maybe claim, okay, maybe you whatever have ties to, to whatever country issued your passport. So we consider you really a tax resident. Uh, then for you, the next step is to say, oh, I am terribly sorry, you're right, I'm your tax resident. But unfortunately, I don't have an income, I'm poor, I'm living out of loans. So I, I personally prefer uh, crypto collateralized loans. So I never sell any crypto. I only use it as a collateral for, for a loan. Um, so there is no income to declare. So I didn't even have to file tax returns. So when, the, when they see this, um, uh, you, you have these serious, uh, you have these um, like interactions but at any point, uh, they don't know what they can get out of you. And probably if they, if they look hard enough, they, they see that they cannot get anything because you really don't have income. Uh, you are probably a tax resident somewhere else. So that, that's the taxation case. But there are, of course, many other cases. Um, but the idea is never to rely on one single thing. So that's the, the OODA loop strategy is, you know, make sure they cannot observe anything if they can observe make sure they cannot understand what is happening and make sure that uh, uh, that is it is very difficult for them um, like they should go to you know to harass someone else maybe some uh, successful entrepreneur with a good car or something like that but they should see from the first look at you that uh, they will not be getting uh, any tax income from you because you know you are living a different kind of lifestyle and you are a burden to society. <laughs> so, um, uh, is there any other question? Uh, I have two here. Uh, they're on my website, uh, which is hackyourself.io, and they're also on Amazon ebook. Uh, there's also a Spanish version. Uh, which is only ebook uh, right now, but you can uh, you can also come here and have a look. I I have to uh, to show around. But all right. Ah, another question. So um, I get your point about uh, not caring about politicians uh, because it just you just burn so much energy uh, discussing with other people about what you should be able to do with your life, which to me makes no sense. Um, but uh, I think that, um, so my question is, what technologies or, or, or what do you think that needs to happen um, for, you know, for example, states to compete, you know, more fiercely between them, because uh, sure, I mean, I, I'm um, I live in Argentina, and sure, I can use you know Monero, and I can deal you know with the black market, and I, I can you know get my stuff done. But uh, you know, maybe if I lived somewhere else that wasn't you know as adversarial, maybe I'll have you know an easier life. 
So I think it's still important to, uh, you know, um, for, it's not only important to have technologies that let you, you know, opt out, but also, you know, uh, the environments, you know, that maybe that they can help. So uh, I think crypto is, you know, um, something that forces uh, states to compete more fiercely with each other. But um, so what do you think about, um, yeah, the, the role of crypto in uh, competition of states and what other technologies or stuff that needs to happen to, you know, to push more for that? Good question. Thank you for this question. So, um, uh, so the crucial thing, um, uh, so, so when you step out of this hierarchy, uh, what happens is um, that, uh, that you um, step out of this uh, mindset of there are rules that I need to comply with. Uh, what it means in practice, uh, sometimes when I talk to politicians, uh, which they, for some reason, want to talk to me um, in different countries, their mindset is, for example, we are going to regulate it this way, and then everyone has to comply. So we are designing the set of rules in, in such a way um, that we expect everyone to comply, because it's, it's the law. But if you step out of the hierarchy, you are in a supermarket. You are not, uh, you know, you are not going to comply with uh, Argentinian law. You say, OK, they passed the law. I don't like it. What about Paraguay? What about Panama? What, what they can offer? So, um, so their mindset is you know, top-down creating of law and enforcing them. Your mindset should be, I'm in a supermarket. Here I want to do business. Here I want to get married. Uh, here I want to, whatever, own real estate, if that's your thing. Here I want to smoke weed because they have coffee shops and it's legal. So, so basically, um, this creates the incentive for all the countries uh, to compete uh, on these laws. So Paraguay and Uruguay, uh, their business case is attracting people from tax hell such as Argentina and Brazil making shit tons of money because they're, uh, they, they don't tax them. Um, uh, Thailand recently legalized weed. They attract everyone who wants to have a nice time on the beach and smoke weed. <laughs> uh, so, so uh, uh, you know, El Salvador, uh, whatever, I do, I'm not a fan of forced tender, and especially if it's, uh, you know, Bitcoin only and not the maxi. Um, but what they did is they clearly said, okay, uh, come spend your precious Bitcoin here in our country. It will be tax-free, so we will enjoy it uh, more. And you attract people. So I think that they are already in competition, that we don't have to do anything to, you know, compete, to, to try to force them to compete more. They're already competing. And uh, basically, um, if we talk, for example, about taxation, uh, uh, like uh, th there's this push uh, to uh, to have like a minimal tax for uh, of 10 percent. Uh, OECD is pushing on a minimal income tax of 10 percent, which is a cartel agreement. And cartel agreements are very profitable to break. So what countries will do? For example, Malta is doing uh, what Malta is doing is they have like a 35 percent tax. And when you pay it, you get a refund of most of it. So they have 35% tax, but you'll get it back as, as, as a refund, you know, uh, right after you pay it. Uh, so, 
so this competition is very fierce. There are many countries that say that they will not, uh, not comply with 10% uh, minimum tax. So I don't think we need to do anything. Uh, honestly, you know, get out of the radar, uh, you know, pick where you treat it best. And um, also you don't need to pick one country for everything. As I said, you know, you can enjoy life here, you know, start a company there and there and there uh, and, and so on. So I, I hope that I answered your question. Any more or there's one more? Is there one more? Okay. Well, um, sorry, I arrived a little bit late uh, to the speech. <laughs> so uh, maybe you already introduced yourself and everything. Um, um, are you new to Mexico? Uh, are you like new to here to Mexico? Or you've been here before? Yeah. Okay. What uh, freedoms or what, uh, which opportunities do you see that we have here that may, we may locals may even aware of like uh, like hey you have this freedom why don't you why don't you use it like uh, what have you seen so far uh, so uh, opportunities for locals um, I think uh, uh, I think doing what you're good at already is uh, is a good idea so um, uh, so basically um, as an individual, uh, I'm not saying about what, uh, what any government should do, but as an individual, basically, uh, strategy is same regardless of where you are. Uh, find what you're good at, uh, be the only one that can do it, and then, then provide these services. I recommend doing it more peer-to-peer, -peer, uh, maybe interact more internationally if you have uh, these uh, global currencies such as uh, Monero then you know, sell your products, sell your services on the market uh, to individuals, to other nodes, to other uh, people. You know, you don't need to see corporations or anyone. And, uh, and I, th I think that's the best thing that we can do regardless of where, where we're from. So uh, I, I, I cannot comment on you know, laws or reforms. Of, I, I, I don't know, All right? All right, give it up for Yuri Bednar. Thank you so much, man. That was amazing.